Miss Kapow, welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Thank you, Brother Kapow. All right. <laughs> Today's um, date is... What's today's date? I was just about to say January, but it's not January. It's February. February 24th. 24th? 2020. What? Yes. Urgh. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about the reconciliation of God. Which is a beautiful thing, because you know, when I discovered, which was probably everybody else knew but me, but the reconciliation, God the Father began the plan of reconciliation Way, way, way back before time. Way back in the day, man. Right? Yeah. And it's his plan to reconcile his creation, his humans, his Adam. Yeah. To himself. Yeah. Through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. Now, here's why this is so important. I don't think I finished yet. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is why this is so important is that reconciliation is done or has been done by the Father Mm -hmm. through the Son, and he's reconciled us. And when I say, let me clarify my audience, I'm assuming that the person listening is a believer in Jesus Christ. You've been born again because you said, yes, I want to accept that free gift of eternal life by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died for my sins and rose from the dead. So I'm assuming that's my audience. If you're, if that's not you, listen anyway, because you're going to want to be that. Mm-hmm. So what's neat about this is this is a message of edification. Yes. It's hope. Hope. It's peace. Peace. It's rest. Rest. This is a message that you can just rest in. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything. Because God the Father, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit have done everything. They have done everything. So you can rest in your status in Christ. Through faith. Through faith. It's beautiful. This is where Ms. Kapow and I are going from here on out. We are going to be preaching our whole ministry, our whole Kapow ministry. It is still kingdom against powers of wickedness. We're still against the powers of wickedness. But what we are going to be preaching from this point on out is the true gospel message of grace. It's important. Because we do not want people bogged down with legalistic thought anymore. Exactly. Because there's nothing that you can do for your salvation at all. Because God the Father has done it all. And not only that, but for Christians listening, there's nothing you can do to earn more or less favor with God. This is important because many Christians understand that they can't do anything for their salvation. But what they don't understand, because of wrong doctrine in the church Mm -hmm. and pastors wanting you to work for the church and get money from you, they will put systems of works on you that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. And you will have guilt and condemnation. Which is not of God. Which is not of God. And you will do works and have to think that you need to do things or be a certain way. 
in order to be a better Christian or, or in order to walk the way that would be pleasing to God, things like that. I'm not talking about walking in the Spirit and expressing the fruits of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit does. I'm not talking about the sanctification process because you're being sanctified. Which is the work of God in yes. your life as well. So. I am talking about a deliberate mental attitude of, I need to do this, I need to do that. I need to be, every time the church doors are open, I need to be there. Uh, I need to pay, I have to pay 10%. I need to do, I have, in order for me to gain Approval. favor. Yes. So it's one thing to say, your salvation is free. It's another thing to say, I don't need to do anything to keep that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the example that the Apostle Paul uses when he says, it does it doesn't matter what you eat or what you don't eat. It doesn't make you any more holy or less holy. It, it doesn't do anything for the evil in your flesh to go, don't taste, don't touch, don't handle. Colossians 2. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do you any good. So from now on, our focus on this show, the Kapow Radio Show, is going to be edification. It's going to edify the believer. And we're going to talk about the full gospel of Christ. Because you know what it does? It keeps you heavenly minded, eternal minded. And that's what's important in today's age. It is. Because we are, as we're going to learn today, ministers of reconciliation. By our lives and how we live our lives, we should be exampling, exampling to others that we are have been reconciled. And to I God. cannot believe that you said reconciliation. It's reconciliation. Oh, on your own, you know, you know. You sound echoey. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I know why, because the mic is about three feet from us. That's why it's not reconciled to my mouthpiece. Mm. Huh. Whatever. All right. So that's where we're going. So it's today's today's uh, scripture. We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 18. And I'm going to read it all the way through. And then we're going to... Pick it up. Yes. Or pick it out. <coughs> you know, me why you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, so that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 18. Either, oh, and it's the NLT, by the way. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And that's that reconciliation. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. 
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And that's verse 21. I said... Um, 18. Yeah. 18, but I'm... So I apologize. That was not your fault. That's what it's read up here. I know, but so I, sh I should have known that. I'm blaming the Bible study software. Oh, well... And okay. I want my money back. <laughs> Uh, I apologize, my darlings. You apologize, yai, yai, yais. Okay, so let's get going. Let's go. Well, I, I lost my uh, my place here because I just did. So uh, what's up with that? I don't know. Okay, four. Okay. Do we have to go up? Yeah, we're right here, aren't we? No, we're... Either way. Oh, yeah. Christ's love controls us. That's right. Since, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our own old life. So right here, we're going to just break it down verse by verse. So Paul just got done getting very excited in the previous verses. In the King James, it says for, you know, NLT says either way, Christ's love controls us. Right? Mm -hmm. So right there, we're out of the equation. It's the love of Messiah that's controlling us. Since we believe that Messiah died for all, right? All mankind. All mankind. He died for everyone. We also believe that we have all died, those who've accepted that gift of salvation, to our old life. Because remember that, that when we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, then our old man died with Christ. That's the baptism. Yes. And then as Jesus Christ um, was resurrected, we also resurrected with him. And when Jesus went to the right hand of the Father, we are also positioned in that place in Christ Jesus next to the Father. Now listen to Ms. Kapow. This is important. Listen to what she just said. It's, it's highly important. She separated the flesh from the spirit. Even though our we are spiritual beings in this body of flesh, this flesh suit. She talked about when we come to Christ, we don't come out of the flesh. Mm -mm. We're still in this flesh. That's why we have to crucify that guy. We have, to, we have to climb the hill every day and nail it to the cross. Yeah. But our spirit man instantly becomes a new creature. That's right. Instantly becomes sinless. Exactly. Our spirit man instantly becomes sinless. Because Peter tells us that we have been born again with from an incorruptible seed. God's word is incorruptible. That's, that's right. What, that's the seed that we were born from. And so that seed, that incorruptible seed, which is spiritual, then sits in position with Christ at the right side of the Father. That's why earlier Ms. Kapow said to be heavenly minded or eternally minded. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
So you might say, well, if that's the case, Brother Kapow, why do I keep lusting? Why do I keep sinning? Why do I keep falling? Why do I keep being angry? Why do I keep, right? Because you are in the flesh. The old man. The old man. And Paul talks about this war between the flesh and his spirit. I, these things I want to do, I can't do. The things I can't do, I want to do, blah, blah, blah. It is a battle of the mind. It really is. And be, as long as we're in this flesh suit, we are going to have issues with a sinful nature in a fallen world. Now, remember, we always taught that there, uh, that we're, our battle is against Satan and it's against the flesh and it's against the world. So in this instance, our battle is with our flesh, the yeah. spirit, the the. the the man, the reborn, the new creature in Christ is now fighting against our flesh. Yes. And the more you yield to either one gives it precedence. Yeah. And the one you feed the most. Yeah. Now you can feed your flesh and you will be a fleshly Christian. <laughs> you're not going to lose your salvation, but you're not living Victorious. in the purpose and accordance of God. That's right. And you will have problems because Father God will, the saint might maybe, he will correct and discipline those that are his. You do not want God to humble you. Mm -mm. Take it from Brother Kapow. You do not want God to humble you. You want to humble yourself before him. What does that mean, Brother Kapow? What does it mean to humble myself? I'm not talking about a false humility and all that stuff. What it means to humble yourself before God is and submit yourself to him is to cast your care upon him. Mm-hmm. Let go of your way of doing things. Remember I opened the show with legalism, that you can please God by your own works or the, the rules that your pastor has put upon you or other Christians put upon you. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, or do this or do that. When you cast those cares upon God, you're humbling yourself and submitting yourself to him because you are no longer controlling anything. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? In Proverbs, it says, lean not on your own understanding. But acknowledge God in all his ways and he will then guide you. That's called humbling yourself. Let me tell you once again, you do not want God to humble you. So you can walk in the flesh, but he will chastise and discipline and correct those who he calls his own. You don't want that. Mm-mm. Humble yourself. Now, the scripture that I think, I'm thinking of is Romans 12, 1, where it says, And so, dear brothers, I plead with you, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Mm. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, <laughs> that's why Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life, okay? We're no longer ourselves. Um, the love of Christ towards us in his death for us is the highest proof of it. Uh, how about you read Romans 5, 6 through 8? 
Okay. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See what I'm saying? While we're still sinners. <clears throat> okay? Yep. Our God is a very generous God. Yeah. Did you have another thing to read before we go? Okay, verse 15. I apologize if I cough. The mic really is about three feet from me. It is, and it has um, little little fibers or something because it, it, it tickles my throat. Yeah, so I can't really turn away and not cough without it picking up. So, Yes. Very so unprofessional. Verse, verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. What does that mean? It means that Christ died for everyone. And so those, you, Capel listeners, who received this new life, right? You're now a Christian. You, you, you raised your hand and said, I heard that good news. Where do I sign up? Eternal life? Mm-hmm. Free? Yep. And I don't have to work for it? I don't have to sacrifice? I don't have to... Oh, you're going to guide me and lead me and change me? Where do I sign up? Exactly. So those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. So that's a mark that you've been changed. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, even though you're in the flesh body, you no longer want to do those things you used to want to do. Right. You you start changing. Right. God sanctifies you. The Holy Spirit takes you through a process. Some people are more dramatic than others. You become a new creature in Christ. And that new creature in you is what desires to know God. That creature in you wants to live for God. That creature in you wants to obey God because you're, you've got God's seed in you. You've been reborn with God's seed. So that new man in you belongs to God. Mm-hmm. So instead, you, you will want to live for Christ who, was raised, who died and was raised for them. You, you're, you're God-centered. Yes. And you notice this verse doesn't say anything, you will do this, you will do this, you will do this work, you will, you will uh, attend every service, you will pay 10%, you will, you will, you will. It doesn't say any of that. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that stuff's wrong to do that. But it is wrong if you think you're getting brownie points or you're going to be a better Christian or you're going to be more pleasing to God. That's a system of works and that will lead to Christian mental illness. Mm-hmm. It really will. And our works from the flesh are nothing but dirty rags. The, yeah, because the righteousness that God sees is Christ's righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's our position in Christ that God sees, not us. We're clothed with Christ Jesus. That's right. His right. So there's nothing we can do or not do to earn more or less favor. And it's also a part of our... Um, Armor, the armor of God, mm. is the righteousness of Christ. The breastplate of righteousness yes. is the righteousness of Christ. You never take that bad boy off. No, but that's him. Mm-hmm. It's not our righteousness. Oh, it's his right. righteousness. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they which live in the present life, uh, second 
uh, Corinthians 4.11 says, Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. Yeah. And then Paul goes on further on that. Um, and it says, we're indebted to him for life or soul um, because yeah. Christ died for us. But you know what? I just saw that, that we we do die. You know, I always always... In my mind, I always was thinking about the martyrs, those that, you know, physically die. Yeah. But what he's saying, we die daily. Yeah. Our flesh must die daily. We become less so that he can be increase. So yes. That he, in, his life increases in us as we become less. Yes. And I just saw that. Yes. Well, it was like, um, you know, yesterday when we were talking and... You said something, and I forget what it was, but there was some kind of bizarre, um, kind of a negative, self-condemning thought that came to your head. Mm -hmm. I remember I told you, I said, honey, just take that guy, drag oh. him drag him up the hill, drag him out of the city, drag him out of the city. And nail him <clears throat> to the cross. And I, and I let her, she closed her eyes, and I let her on this thing. I said, picture a cross, and there's a big hole, the cross is on the ground. Now you take that condemnation. And uh, you take that and you put him on that cross and you bam, bam, Crucify bam. It. Mortify and it. You mortify that thing, put it on the cross, and then you put that in that hole and you walk away. Amen. And you and know that works. That visual actually works. It works. So anytime you're feeling self-condemnation or you're feeling you're not worthy or anything like that, that the, the, the enemy is putting in your head... Because see, humility is not about you being self-effacing. Uh, That's the correct word. Humility is what I explained to you. It is giving your care to God and not taking things in your own hands. Mm -hmm. Christ said, if you're going to follow me, pick up your cross daily. You need to nail, you need to kill that flesh, that old man. Exactly. And when that negative stuff pops in your head, nail it to the cross. That's right. Jesus said, take up, a, take up your cross daily and follow me. Yes. That's exactly what that means. And there also means that there is no condemnation to those who uh, walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. That's right. So, you know, we have to be obedient Unto the word of God. And anytime you have any condemnation or you have a system of works, I should have done this. I should have said that. Maybe I need to go back and apologize. Now, it's not the Holy Spirit convicting you if, if it's condemnation. No. The Holy Spirit will never tell you. It will never leave you hanging. Uh -huh. you, will, you will know for sure that you did something wrong. Um, I, I heard one. Um, he was actually a, a psychiatrist I was listening to. Uh, and he was saying, if you came in and punched me in the face, knocked me on the ground, kicked me, and just started stomping me, and I was a bloody mess, you would have no doubt that you did something wrong mm -hmm. to me. I mean, there was no doubt in your mind. Uh, so for you to think otherwise, like, oh, well, maybe I need to apologize. I, you know, I don't know if I, I could have, I might have. or What if I, if you don't know, that's condemnation. If you have to guess and make things up, you nail that thing to the cross. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. Verse 16. 
So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. And that means it's easier to read here than it is in the King James. Uh, it's, it's kind of confusing in the King James. But so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. What Paul is saying, we used to look at Jesus just purely through the flesh. As the son of man. Yeah. But now... After his resurrection. He's totally different. Mm -hmm. He's totally different. And now we know that we, because we're new creatures in Christ, we look at each other differently. Yes. We're family. We're of one spirit. We're in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we're in God the Father. And the Holy Spirit is what connects us together. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, We don't know Christ just according to his mere worldly and external, you know, relations like that. And 2 Corinthians eleven eighteen says, And since others boast about their human achievements, I will too. That's the Apostle Paul speaking. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes much sense. Uh, John eight fifteen says, You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. And that's Jesus speaking. Yeah. And Philippians 3, 4 says, Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. That's Paul speaking. So Paul's saying, we don't, we don't do this anymore because like... You know, Ms. Kapow says we become new uh, creatures. creatures, new creatures. Um, so, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Amen. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. Right? And and, and how, do, how do we do that? How, how did we get new life in verse 18? It's a gift from God. And all of this is a gift from God. Exactly. Who brought us back to himself or reconciled people to him through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him see okay? and that's why it says we we cannot boast in no. anything Mm-mm. anything in our salvation our sanctification our redemption we have nothing to boast about it's Mm-mm. all God it's just everything is God we are alive with him in the new life of his resurrection mm-hmm. and he he did all the work father did all the work through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All we did was raise our hand when we got called. When the effectual call hit our hearts, we said, yes, I want that. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins and resurrected. I believe that. You're saved. You have come to the reconciliation. Galatians 2.6 says, And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, the reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. You can't add anything to the gospel. Nope. And um, chapter 3, verse 28 in Galatians says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's when the veil was broken. Yeah. And we were all reconciled, and now we're all one. We're sons. You know, 
the translators of the Bibles, you know, when they say son and daughters, blah, blah, blah. But we're all sons. Yes. Oh, yeah, we're all children. Yeah, we're all children. We're all children of God. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Paul explains this in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. A new creature. A new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Wow. And it's connected to the words right above it. We know Christ no more after the flesh. Right? As Christ has entered on his new heavenly life by his resurrection and ascension, so all who are in Christ, that is united to him in faith, as the branches and the vine are new creatures. And Romans 6, 9 through 11 says, We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Death no longer has any power over him. When, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. It's so important. Verse 11. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ. It doesn't say you should consider yourself sinless, that you'll never fall, you'll never make a mistake. But your sinful nature is dead. You nailed that to the cross. You buried it in the resurrection, in the baptism in Christ. I'm not talking water baptism. I'm talking about the allegiance to Christ. Right. Amen? And um, what I think is interesting here in verse 11 too, is that um, where it says you, that you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. We have power over sin. Yes. The new man has, that's why it's important that you read your word, you pray, and you you know, you you gain knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus and what God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit have done for us so that you know what your position is in Christ because you have power over sin. Over sin. Well, he says in verse 12 there, Romans 6, verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Doesn't say you won't have them. Just don't let it control you. Don't give in to it. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have a new life. Spiritual life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin, sin is no longer your master. That's right. Go ahead, honey. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Do this, don't do that. Touch this, don't touch that. You're under grace now. You live under the freedom of God's grace. Woo! That's another lesson. Exactly. And even the Apostle Paul said, so, because we're under grace, can we sin? God no. forbid. No. God forbid. We've been set free from that. Yes. And we are no longer to be in bondage to sin. Yes. And you just rest. That's what, in Hebrews it says, enter into my rest. And that's why we're preaching the full gospel message now. We do not want people to be bogged down with legalistic Christianity mental illness. We want 
people to understand the full gospel of Christ. They understood it for salvation, but so many of us lost it through the misinterpretation of the doctrines of the Bible and through men twisting scriptures for their own gain, mm-hmm. for their own fiefdoms and empires. You know, the thing is, I'm what I'm getting right now is that, you know, we're always talking about, you know, Luke 10, 19, where it says that um, God has given us authority over all the power of the, of the enemy mm-hmm. and, nothing by, and nothing by any means shall hurt us. So we're always talking about this power against, um, you know, devils and demons and stuff. But God has given us power over the flesh and he's given us power over the, the, um, the lust of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pridefulness of life. He's given us power that because, because of the new creation in us, we have the power of God. We've been made, you know, uh, reborn by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. We have God's Holy Spirit in us, so we have power over all those things that are our enemy. Yeah, that really is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not waiting for Satan to come and attack us. <laughs> no, we we have that power. If we just walk, just abide in the vine. And Christ will abide in you, you abide in him, and he's in the Father, and you're all one. Rest into that. Don't give Satan place. He's he's very, very deceptive. And all this is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. This is where Jesus told his disciples, or his apostles, Go out into the world and mm-hmm. preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. The King James Version calls this uh, a ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And that is given to all of us. Yes. So we go, wow, what is that? That is declaring through your life and through your words and actions, which the Holy Spirit leads you to do on any particular time or day, To example to others what Christ has done for you. Mm -hmm. To let them know that you have been reconciled back to Father God. You were separated by sin Mm -hmm. and a fallen nature. And from the beginning of time as we know it, God, in Genesis 3.15, when he says, I will put enmity between the serpent seed and the woman seed, God had his plan of reconciliation set. Mm-hmm. And if the rulers and powers of this world knew it, they would have never crucified Jesus That's on right. the cross. And Christ having not only being crucified and, and died and resurrected, but when he came up, he triumphed over the rulers and powers of this age and he made a fool, a spectacle over him. Amen. And he rules over him. And that's the position we're in. It's very edifying and free. We're not under the bondage of works and tasks and laws. That's right. Amen. We're free in Christ. And all of this is a free gift of God. And that's such good news. You yep. know, the other thing, too, is earlier when they were talking 
or as we were reading where it said that God the Father reconciled us to him through Christ. And now we've been given that ministry as well. Well, God the Father and the Christ, the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit live in us. Yep. And so we are given that same privilege of reconciling people to God the Father. Yes. Through Christ. That's one thing we've we've seen recently too. Um, and I've been saying this a lot to Miss Kapow because I, I just see it now. Um, I just like for example, we'll be out, and uh, and I'm I'm not saying this for left hand, let the right hand know when I'm still in your blessing. But I'm going to give a real life example. Uh, last week we were standing in front of our house talking to our neighbor because his little dog loves to bark at the trash truck. <laughs> That comes by every Tuesday. That's his, yeah. And this little dog, that's its that's its job. And when the trash guy comes, this little dog just goes crazy. Yeah. And starts barking, and it's the cutest little thing. So we're standing up there talking to our neighbor, and this little dog ready to bark. Mm-hmm. And the trash guy comes up, and he and he comes up to my neighbor's house, and he, and he dumps the trash in the truck. Linda runs over there and hands the the... the the driver, some money, and says, here, thank you. You're doing a great job. Buy yourself some coffee. That's right. And his, fa- I saw his face, and his face lit up like, oh, wow. Because he, you know, at first he had that face like, oh, oh, this lady's going to yeah. complain about something. You know, how come you don't let the how come? You know, right? <laughs> and, and you didn't. He actually no, didn't. was blessed. So while Linda was doing that, I'm standing there with my neighbor, who's an atheist, by the way. And he says, did he just tip her? She just tip him? And I says, yeah. I go, I go, she does that all the time. If she sees somebody doing a good job, she'll tip them, the male person or whatever. And he goes, wow. He goes, I, I need to start doing that more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was an example. Mm-hmm. Now, they know where Linda stands spiritually. It was an example. It was. And then, so, you know, I saw the face on that driver, and we don't know what that did for him that day. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he was at mentally or emotionally or spiritually. He could have been praising God in the trash truck, and God just showed love to him. Yeah. Or he could have been on his last straw. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm seeing is God loving others through us. Exactly. God... Christ is no longer walking in the physical flesh down here. You can't wait for Jesus to walk up and down your block and show himself. He's going to show himself through you. The spirit of God, of Christ, is in you. That shows forth to others in every little minute way that you might not even know. But it doesn't matter because you're just walking and abiding in the vine. Mm -hmm. It's not a system of works. No one's telling you to do this. You wake up in the morning and you go, God, what would you have me to do? The Holy Spirit, please quicken me on what I should do. And when if you're quickened, then you do it. Right. If you're not, you go about your business. That's right. Amen? Amen. God gave us, all of us, a ministry of reconciliation to other people. We have a task, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a actually task. a commandment. We sometimes tend to just read, well, I'm going to say me, tend to read the word of God and not recognize a commandment 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 written so eloquently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it but this really is a command. It's a commandment because we're reconciled. That is, we're restored. God has restored us to His favor by satisfying the claims of justice against us. Right. So our position judicially, gosh, I sound so smart. You do. (laughs) Our position judicially considered in the eye of the law has now been altered. Not as though, or not as through mediation of Christ, or, or how do I say, not as though the mediation of Christ had been made a change in God's character, right? Nor as if the love of God was produced by the mediation of Christ. No, 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 no. The mediation and sacrifice of Christ was the provision of God's love all along. Mm-hmm. It's not its moving cause. It was the provision of God's love all the time. Romans 8.32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Oh, see? Christ's blood was the price paid for the expense of God Himself. Amen. See, it's it's God it's it's you. your debt, your your finance. It's a financial thing. It's it's written like a financial debt has been canceled. Can you imagine if you got a call from your mortgage lender and said, "Hey, Kapow listener, your mortgage it's it's been canceled." Yes, Donald it's Trump done. paid. For who it. who paid for it? <laughs> Yeah, we're like you real say? tight with him, Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump paid for it. I think it's more like Bernie. This is Bernie wants the government to pay. Okay, okay. Now, okay. Now I'm sinning. Um, listen. So he paid this expense at God Himself and was required to reconcile the the exercise of mercy with justice, not as a separate but as the eternally harmonious attributes in the one and the same God. Amen? Amen. Amen? Miss Kapow has the hiccups. Uh-oh, it's going to go same. on the show, Mike, and it's so unprofessional. I know. But verse 19 says, For God was in Christ. Mm. God was in Christ. Do you get it? Christ, I and the Father are one. Yes. God the Father was in Christ. And that's why Jesus Christ said, if you have seen me, you have seen, seen the Father. Father. And Ooh. that's why, and that's why he tells us to have a reconciliation of ministry because they're gonna see Christ through you. Who is God? Who is God? Amen. And God the Father. It's just Amen. beautiful. It really, really is beautiful. So, anyways, verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Oh, this was a scripture I was thinking about. Oh, okay. No longer counting people's sins against them. No longer counting your sins against you, period. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. When we speak and share the gospel, that's what we're doing. We're trying to reconcile people back to God the Father. To come back to the way it was in the garden Mm -hmm. before the serpent came and beguiled mankind. That's what God has reconciled us back to. 
And so us living in the vine and the vine living through us and abiding and resting in who we are in our position in Christ, not by works, not being bogged down by guilt and shame and self-condemnation, but by realizing who we are to God through Christ is what we can do in this world. It's a wonderful message of reconciliation. It is the gospel. It is the good news. Amen. It is the good news, and it's worth preaching. This is worth preaching because we're told to preach this. I got it. You got it. I got it. Our listeners got it. Don't you want your neighbor to have it, your son to have it, your parents to have it, your daughter to have it, your in-laws to have it, your math teacher to have it, your banker to have it. Don't you want them to be reconciled to God? Yeah, because God says, the word of God says that he does not want any to perish, Mm -mm. but all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God did this through Christ, through Messiah, because the Father made Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, who had never sinned, by the way, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right. That means right standing or righteousness with God through Messiah. So when God sees us, when he sees that atonement at one mint, he sees the righteousness of Christ, not our righteousness. Like Ms. Kapow said earlier, our righteousness is filthy rags Amen. in this flesh. You cannot earn God's favor. You cannot, don't touch this, don't taste this, touch not, taste not, handle not, or do this, do that, go do this. You have to do this. If you're not... It's wrong. It's legalism. And it leads an open door for Satan to come and deceive you. Mm -hmm. Because now you think you're working for God and you think you're humble, but it's a false humility and it's pride. Because now you think you can impress God or be a better Christian or live a better life through works. So your pride actually subverts God and you put another God before him, and that's yourself. Mm -hmm. And when God senses there's pride in you, God resists the proud. Mm -hmm. And he will humble you. He will chastise you. He will discipline you. And that's not a pretty thing. Mm -hmm. Take my advice, folks. Humble yourself before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Cast your care upon him. Do not do your own works. And do not let self-condemnation drive you. Mm -mm. Be free in the reconciliation that God has provided to us. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we really need to do is just believe, believe his word. Because the Bible says that there is no man, God looked down and there was no man that sought for God, that Mm -mm. wanted to know him. Even the, the, uh, our our patriotic fathers, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're man. And so, even though they 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 believed God and, and they and they worshipped Him and they lived for Him, but the the first step is God meeting them. Yeah. Truly. 
you that's know, all it is. and it's, it's always, it's always been God first, yeah. you know, and I mean that one scripture that says we love God because he first loved us, loved us. Yeah. you know, we're not, um, some holier than thou people that we love God. And that's why he did all this stuff for us. Yeah. He loved us first. No, no one seeks God on their own. No one just mm -hmm. goes to church and goes, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to get saved tonight. I'm going to get mm -hmm. that. It, they're called. There's an effectual calling on their heart. They, they, what does Paul say? How, Everybody's how, drawn to God through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And Paul yes. says, how, how are they going to, how are they going to repent and get the gospel unless they hear? And how are they going to hear unless somebody declare it? Right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we have a ministry of reconciliation. Live your life according to to the Spirit, yield to the Spirit of Christ in you and not to the Spirit of the flesh. Do not lean on your own understanding, right? Yeah, that's your own way of thinking, your, yeah. your own idea. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this. I got this going on. If you let pride sneak in, if you let pride, and you, and you think you're working for God, but it's pride, he's going to resist it. He resists the proud, and it's nasty. It's nasty. I don't like it. Mm -mm. So I think that's it. Yep. Now, before we end, now I'm going to put the commercial. And here's my commercial. Today, <laughs> yesterday, Sunday the 23rd, mm -hmm. Our new EP containing eight songs Great was released. Songs. Great songs. It's called Mesquite Cafe. That's the name of the project band. Down here. It's called Down Here. You have to say it with an accent. Down, Down here. here. <laughs> and it is available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Deezer, Napster, um, iHeartRadio, I could go on and on. YouTube. I mean, it's if you can't find it online, then that means you still use it a rotary dial phone, living in a cave somewhere, and probably have an eight-track player, and you wouldn't be hearing this podcast because I don't know how you're gonna hear it with an eight-track player. Now, why don't you um, uh, let uh, read the uh, the names? Of the songs? Yes. Okay. Because I think that's important. What I want you to know is that uh, Sunday, yesterday when it came out, I played a show where I played the entire EP. Yes. So listen to the podcast before this one. And I played all eight songs. And I narrated in between. I know it's annoying. No, but it, it, he gives you the, the inspiration. Yeah. Why I wrote the song... What what is about blah blah blah? Because some people were asking, ah, "What does this mean, Hermantown?" So I, I I'm oh, telling you, that's a good one. Okay, so the order of songs number one is "I Become a New Man." Let's play this at the end of the show. Let's do because that. it goes with the show very well. Amen. I become a new man, and I'll play that one at the end of the show. The second one is called Judgment Day. Here we go on Judgment Day. As we watch and watch and pray. Nah, nah, I forgot my own nah, words. Nah. Okay. And then the third one is Fourth Man Barbecue. Hey, hey, hey. This will make you hungry. It'll make you hungry if you watch the video. It'll, it'll, you'll have to go out and get some brisket. Yeah. It's crazy. But the song itself makes me hungry. Yes. And I wrote that for... Uh, 
Matt and Shy Jacks of the, the Seed War Radio, they had a project called the Fourth Man Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Just listen to yesterday's uh, podcast. I explained it all to you. The uh, the uh, fourth the the fourth song is Why Don't You Look Into Jesus. Oh, that's a remake. A remake of uh, the great late Larry Norman Larry song. Norman. Yes. Uh, and then the fifth song is I Surrender All. Ah, oh, love it. I Surrender All. It's the only song I know how to play on the guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now I want to say Miss Kapow sang background vocals on the vast majority of these things. Yeah. She's on there um, doing her thing. In fact, you start the I Surrender I believe out I there. do. And my friend um, Night Train... Yes. Played the harmonica on that. Great job. Yeah. And then, uh, Why Haunting. Won't You Listen is yeah. the seventh song, a slow 6 eighth, a very Christ is pounding at the door of, I think it's Revelation 20. Mm-hmm. And he's knocking, let me in and sup. That, that, you know, that song <clears throat> um, is, is, is a very powerful song. I it think. is. And um, it was my um, one of my favorite songs. Yes. It still is, isn't it? Yes. And then the last song is called Mosquito's Boogie. <laughs> Tell them about that. Mosquito's Boogie, because I was uh, a mosquito, because I danced with the mosquitoes. The dance did, troupe. It's the dance troupe, yes. But we did um, um, fundraisers, mm-hmm. and we tapped, clogged, and did jazz. And um, it was a lot of fun. And one year, Brother Kapow wrote our theme song. So that's what that is. That's our theme song for the mesquite mosquitoes boogie and it's a really catchy tune and you're going to want to dance you're going to want to dance i mean it's all to it you're going to if you listen to fourth man barbecue you're going to want to eat brisket you're going to want some low slow yeah you're not going to want no mickey d's and then if you listen to mosquitoes boogie you're going to want to you're going to want to dance so i'm just and then if you listen i surrender all you could then repent of all that Yeah. Of your fatness. So so, so play it all in that order. Yeah. Anyways, folks, thank you for listening to us. We hope that this message blessed you. And um, if if any of you are listening and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ Hmm. as your Lord and Savior, please um, have a little talk with Jesus and let him make it all right. Yeah. Amen. I like that. So good night. Jobbies.
Cried in front of the empty fans. 